Good evening. The title of this evening's Dharma talk is Earth Day, Mountains and Rivers. So it's still question and answers, but we give it the name Earth Day to give it some atmosphere, you could say. So there can be questions around that, if you like, or uh, around anything. Earth just basically means ground, dirt. Uh, it could mean bumi, or, or in reference to the ten grounds of the bodhisattva path, bodhisattva, bumis, grounds. But any question is appropriate. Juzan has a question. Certainly. What's the difference between intuition and feelings? Mm -hmm. So a feeling is going to have a lot of different dimensions to it. Just the feeling on the tip of your fingers, the feeling of your body form, all the, the receptors there, nerve endings. Nerve endings seem to show up in various ways in all of the uh, sense fields, including the mind. So intuition may be operating in a different way than feeling. Feeling is something that can show up that is dependently arisen and quite often is mixed up with hope and fear, with the wish for things to be different and subtle uh, uh, preferences about things. When I say subtle, I mean that you don't even know you have that preference, but you won't allow anything else into your a mind stream because you are shut down in that area because of fear. So this is what the sitting practice of meditation begins to uh, open up that dimension by just continuing, continuing to look at walls of the mind. So uh, whereas intuition uh, could show up in a lot of ways, so there's I don't have the dictionary definition in front of me, but to intuit something is to to have, uh, you could say, some kind of a hunch about it. It might be a more common way of talking about it. But also just uh, uh, an understanding. And that there could be attendant feelings there. But I don't. I think you can have intuition about something without any particular feeling dynamic uh, in tow. And further questions about that are fine if you have them. You could refine more of uh, what it is you're wanting to know by asking it a different way. Junchu asks, um, how does solidity help us see space? It looks like it's just a contrast between what is what seems to be solid. There's the solidity of uh, the earth. Solid. There's a solidity that we form uh, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, conceptually. We shrink down into this is it. That's my opinion. A form of solidity happening in the mind stream. And the awareness. So um, I think there again, it's the contrast, and the way we the way we look at that in in with our sitting practice of meditation is look at the contrast rather than do something about it, rather than try to get rid of the solidity or try to create more space. Space is already the case. We just tend to cover it up with stuff. She has another question. Certainly, is our memory affected by awareness? It feels that my memory gets worse the more I practice. <clears throat> it's probably more like you're just more, you're remembering more uh, how forgetful you are, or you're, being, you're more aware of not being able to keep all the things uh, lined up that you would like. It's just an idea about it. I, I have no idea for sure, but I would say that it might show up more clearly to you uh, if you just contemplate that somewhat. Uh, this doesn't mean think about it, contemplating it. Uh, just means that just be open in that area. Just open up in that area rather than notice the conclusion about it. As soon as you say you're forgetful, you stop looking at that situation. And if you remember you're forgetful, then that isn't exactly forgetfulness. More about that if you haven't. Or, or whatever. There's uh, 20, 23 people here, so there should ne be some yes. questions. Yes, Nicole has a question. Nicole, go ahead. How can you meet people where they are? at without getting pulled down to their level so the idea of you get pulled down to their level means that you have established some kind of a identity that has a certain level to it where you are before you even um, even meet them you're already feeling like you're above them i'm not talking about a kind of vanity i'm just saying that you're maintaining some kind of uh, equilibrium it seems and you notice when you talk to certain people that are um difficult or challenging or are challenging your um, apparent laissez-faire attitude or not having any opinions, which you might, you might have opinions, you might, ha might not. You might have uh, an understanding that 
isn't necessarily an opinion. It's just more of an understanding of how things are functioning. And so uh, you meet them where they're at, not by going down to their level, which I know you already realize that, but but rather seeing deeply. If you look deeply here and you see that your own dynamic, your own identity is uh, is tied up with success and failure, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, hope and fear, all of those polarities. This is what the sitting practice of meditation does. It helps you to see through those. And if you just do it bravely, you could say, uh, eventually those things start to collapse because they are maintained through hope and fear, wanting this, not wanting that. Pride and shame. That's another one that's uh, very sneaky. Some people are in the shame area most of the time. If they do get a little prideful, they become ashamed of it. And then other people are in the pride area all the time. And if something somehow cracks through that and lets a little light of reality in there, they suddenly feel very shameful rather than just more aware, less me, more all of this. So when you meet someone who is, as you're talking about, uh, if I gather or understand what you're saying, someone is at a low level of thinking, a petty mind that's accusing and blaming and um, mixing it up in terms of right and wrong and right and wrong, who's right, who's wrong. They shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. Who do they think they are? And those kinds of things. Uh, just receive. Uh, if, you, if you're training your mind, then there's a mu much less of a likelihood you'll get, what, contaminated by that because it's so clear. It's not that it won't be uncomfortable. I'm sure it would be uncomfortable, but I don't think you have to particularly worry about it. One of the ways that that'll show up is you might feel drawn into it to some extent, like you want to fight, but if you don't hook up your vocal cords and you don't uh, start, uh, and you're very aware of your body language, this doesn't mean you stop yourself from moving around. You're just aware of the body language. So any body language that shows up relative to how you feel, how you think, uh, won't necessarily be uh, an automatic, obvious participation uh, in the gang war that's going on in front of you. So therefore, you can just be present. It may not be authentic presence right away, but it will be uh, authentic presence right away. You just won't know it. More about that is good. If you have it, it's a good, good question. A lot of room to, to discuss that or address people's uh, 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 understanding, misunderstanding, or, or clarity about it for that reason. For that. Giuzan has a yes. follow-up on intuition. Yes. He asks, does intuition show up in the thought consciousness? I would say that it does, but it, it, it isn't just pure concept of this is right and that's wrong. It's not a logical kind of thing. I think it, it shows up in there because it, it can show up in the form of concepts. Uh, it, it can follow a trail of concepts. It's a following a trail of consciousness that could be flooded with concepts, but there could be a whole lot of... Uh, uh, sparkles in between those concepts. There should be could be some kind of of uh, spaciousness there, where there's a, a definite thought process around something, uh, for or against or in between. But there's a lot of room in there, and uh, sometimes that shows up as a sense of humor. Uh, we notice that we have a conceptual uh, agreement with some aspect of our life of reality, but um, uh, it wouldn't necessarily show up as we're not too, we're not really sure of it. It's more like we're sure of it, but there's something quite funny about our, our the security we establish. So we begin begin to have a little bit of fun with our tendency to want to lock down on things. This can happen in lots of areas. This can happen in the person who is full of fear. We can be kind of something is kind of uh, humorous about that fear that's just coming out of nowhere, or the the artificial confidence or contraction into some kind of an opinion or concept can be quite, you can kind of notice that we're fixated on that it's kind of humorous. Same for, same way for other dimensions, other uh, uh, intense uh, pride can, a little bit of light breaks through that possible or the shame or the darkness. Uh, just, I'm never going to get this right. I, I'm uh, ashamed of my uh, thought patterns or my activities and so on. A little bit of humor rises. A little—it's called—it's uh, the phenomena sh would show up impersonally as just space, but then the personal kind of uh, connection with that might be humorous, not just like ha ha funny, but just humorous. Not taking ourselves quite so seriously is a common way, as it's said. Shoto has a question. 
Yes. Yes. Can we live in a samyak or complete way if we don't understand who we are or what this is? Here it comes. That's the only way you can do that. That's the only way. When I say that, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying that can we do that without? I'm saying there's no knower of that. The knowledge might show up, but first the, the knower of that, the identity that knows this and knows that and doesn't know that, that has to be seen through. So there may be some area in which that uh, comes up in different combinations that you can't track for this person or that person. So when I say that's the only way, I'm saying that some kind of a not knowing, um, which could be called surrender. I'm not going to call it that because then the ego takes up that little placard and says, I'm going to surrender. That way I'll get to get included. If I can figure out a way to look like I'm surrendering, not to the teacher, because I know the teacher is going to know that I'm not surrendering. But I think it looked that way to myself. Then when I did function in front of the teacher, I'd be so convinced myself that the teacher would start to think that every now and then people will send me experiences they're having so that I get the chance to say, nope, go back to the cushion. You're not one of them, by the way. <laughs> Those are um, people off in the distance. Kozan has a question. As it regards just observing, what is the difference between the awareness and the view from the reference point called I. Paraphrase. Paraphrase. Just say it. Just ask the question in a different way. And if you can not say what's the difference between, then it might help uh, uh, it might help getting a much deeper response rather than just me giving you the difference between them, which you already know. Paraphrase. Uh, Sato has a question. How do we act responsibly for or towards the planet? when we can never see all the causes and effects of whatever we do. Very good. Right here. This is the planet. You, you are this. And I don't mean the fancy you are the world kind of thing, that, that kind of romanticism around it. I'm saying you, your kneecap hurting in the morning, that's the planet. Your, your mind, uh, your neighbor or your friend or your enemy, for that matter, doing something, someone on television or anywhere else, doing something that disturbs or upsets or causes a reaction. Like uh, earlier, uh, Nicole was saying, how do you meet people where they're at without getting dragged down into that? That's the only way you can do it. You just go into it and then just be very, if you're, if you're training the mind, you can be very aware, very, very aware of that spirit sword. You can be very aware of how that function, how that, how that functions. And wh what, when I'm saying this, I'm saying how we, we're going down and connecting with the earth. And we don't really want to do that because it may be uncomfortable. It's easier to just do it conceptually by, not that you're doing this, but by barking at the TV here or uh, working with, within political systems and so on. Not that that shouldn't be done, but it might be a really good idea to spend a lot of time training the mind so that you don't um, make you know, those areas more difficult. Um, Carl has a question. Is Kozan going to paraphrase that question or um, not? Uh I, I mean, I'm at, doing other questions first. Huh? Okay, do other, but come back to that because she needs to. Uh, she hasn't yet. What's the difference between me paraphrasing that question and me not paraphrasing that question? <laughs> she could ask me that. Go ahead, Carl. Is the earth a sentient being? Are you a sentient being? That might be, and I'm not kidding you. Are you a sentient being? Is the earth a sentient being? Of course it is. Is celery a sentient being? Of course it is. Is a, a piece of uh, pink granite a sentient being? Yes, just because it can't move and, or bark or uh, doesn't have teeth or a mommy doesn't mean it is not fundamentally valuable. We, we can't leave anything out. Include. If you want to practice, include. If you want to, if you want to uh, um, continue on the uh, total world, then exclude. And it's amazing. We're actually free in the sense that we're we're free and well favored, as it said in the, the four uh, reminders that turn the mind towards the Dharma. First, contemplate the preciousness of being free, value of being free and well favored. The value of being free and well favored. Free to join this. Free to move about. To have a job. To have a family. To to isolate yourself from this uh, contagious. And well favored in that we're not necessarily buying into the what's commonly called, sometimes called the herd mentality. Uh, that's always against that or always for this. You don't need any of that. Don't join anything. 
I, ha- I don't offer any, I mean, sewing around, this sewing around is your business. I'm more likely to stop you from doing it rather than try to convince you to do it. So live your own life. Be, be genuine. Be genuine. This doesn't mean you shouldn't respect something that someone created called Earth Day. But that the, the corporations are all over that. The huge monsters that masquerade as sentient beings. <laughs> so it's a difficult area because we, we want to help. We want to be, want to save the oceans. We want, but but then um, the ones who are funding all of those. Uh, if you happen to see that, what was the movie again? Uh, Planet of the Humans. Planet of the Humans. Don't miss that movie. <laughs> Michael Moore was the executive producer, although someone else did it. So it's a uh, fairly low key for the force of what is being exposed there. Not particularly painful to look at as a documentary. Doesn't have really sickening, sickening, soupy kind of, I want you to feel this way kind of music in it. If it does, then not very much. Chisho has a question. I know Chisho. Isn't that Wisdom Hammer? Yeah. He says, who gave, asks, who gave him that name? Ironically, leading with awareness seems to require a lot of conscious effort. Is that how it's supposed to feel? Yep. And of course, that's going to show up as how much you want to think about everything first. It's much easier to lead with the thinking because uh, we've done it so many times and we have grooves, uh, just like we have grooves in the brain. We have grooves or paths that's easier just to go on that path and just to habit patterns, habitual patterns. But if you lead with your awareness, then it's not that the habitual patterns won't have a dynamic that's very similar called dependent origination. Of course it will. But it will not be the dependent origination that you have reconditioned yourself to over and over and over again through habit that causes you to go uh, follow in the same old grooves of uh, cause and effect that we call karma personal karma. Whereas if you're leading with your awareness, you might find yourself actually going in different directions because think thinking process, that paranoid or hope and fear aspect of the mind is still there. We're not going to get rid of anything. We don't want to necessarily exclude that, but it's not going to, not going to particularly be in the driver's seat or being uh, interpreting what the map says or uh, giving advice to that, that open dimension. That is just a sense of beingness sometimes called authentic presence. There's no one particularly there. If there is someone there, then it's not authentic. It's a masquerade. Jinchu has another question. Please. She asks, how can we examine an area where shame shows up when it feels very painful? Yeah, I, I just think it's a matter of persistence and, and don't set a dead, deadline on it. Just, uh, you could say it, say it like, I'm going to continue to work with this. You need to say that to yourself. Uh, if I never get, if I never have any success, I'm going to continue to work with that and know that if you're doing that and, and being genuine and working with that difficulty or that quality of negativity that can arise, that is so, it's like, it's like being covered with soot, right? In the middle of taking a shower. It's just, it's just, it's difficult. I would say do it anyway. And not too big of a deal to yourself. This doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't hurt like hell or feel really uncomfortable or painful or nauseating or any other word that you could come up with that might have a, a negative uh, meaning. But looking for results is the thing that, because when you look for results, you've actually taken your mind or your awareness or your intention away from the, the work that is to be done, which is what? Be aware. Awareness. Big fat word, awareness. Juzan has another question. Certainly. Is intuition pointing in the same area as bodhicitta? I would, I would say, insofar as I understand what you're asking me, I would say so. Relative bodhicitta is is more like something you're you're endeavoring to do. Try try to uh, of the two keep the principal witness, drive all blames into one. Uh, the Tongaland practice or Maitri Bhavana practice, uh, if you happen to be involved in something along that line, where it actually has a, a an up and down or polarized kind of way of working with it. And uh, and then absolute bodhicitta is expressed in different ways. Uh, uh, always remain a child of illusion. So everything is seen as unreal. Absolute. Nicole has another question. Yes, Nicole. How do you put others first without abandoning yourself in the process? So do a little bit. 
it doesn't have to be something that shows up to to others where others are noticing how you're putting others before yourself or you're getting a credential for it. But do a little bit and and reflect on uh, the idea of who you are and what's happening there. You have to do this yourself. I mean, you can do it with the support of the teachings, the support of the teacher, um, but it's something you really need to look at. And the way in which I'm hearing you ask the question, I'm saying do a little bit of each. Take care of yourself so that you're healthy enough, you're on on uh, you're open or free enough so that when you do run into these people who drag you down, you have a little bit of a ballast there. And that, uh, my understanding, and I'm very biased in this area, the only way you're going to get the ballast is to look at the way, at the imbalance. Sit down, hold still, look at the wall, and, and receive the negativity. Because the negativity that, you're, that comes to you when you hold very still and just observe is negativity that has been, you could say, bottled up for a while. And if you if you if you still have that and you haven't dealt with it directly, in other words, been aware of it, just acknowledge and to get rid of it. Then, when you run into uh, the negativity that what that that uh, brings up the question of the idea of the bodhisattva putting others before yourself, pretty damn hard to put yourself uh, ahead of uh, somebody who's being an ass. I'm not saying that. We're just saying. The way you would put that person, and I'll have to tell a little story about it, the way you'd have to take that situation and put that person before yourself is rather than notice, rather than uh, attaching to how rotten you feel about it, being around that person because they're such a pain, uh, you could spend a little bit of that, doesn't have to be a lot, just a little, uh, a little finger snap of that, saying this person is suffering. This is their way of getting rid of suffering without even knowing it by putting it on you. Here, trip over that. Here, trip over that. Here, to that. Know exactly what I'm saying. This doesn't mean cave into them. You could do it for 30 seconds and say, excuse me, I got something else to do. You could give a little bit of reception to that situation without overdoing it so that the person actually interprets that as you're uh, afraid of them. Or you're don't know what to think, how to think yourself. So that's why you're in, being intimidated by them. Uh, keep a sharp edge, and that sharp edge would have uh, two sides to it. One would be for them, and one would be for you. In other words, save all beings, be with all things. There's no one to to be with all things. There's no one that can actually do that. But how we experience that is how polarized that someone can, you could say, cause us to feel just by their crazy activity. Suddenly we feel like, I can't be around this person. I'm going to get sucked down into this, like you were saying earlier. So take your time. You're a young person. Have a whole lifetime. Unless death comes without warning. Don't want to drag you down after I say that. A little sense of humor won't hurt. Shoka has a question. Yes. He asks, what is our business when sewing a Roxu or Okesa? If you're sewing a Roxu or the lay precepts, getting ready for, to receive the lay precepts called Jukai. When you're sewing that, uh, the, your only business is to repeat the uh, refuge formula. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the, in, the, in the Sangha over and over and over again as you're stitching. That's your business. Anything else that comes in or crowds in or elbows its way in, don't push it out. Just notice it. Just be aware. It's aware. A, awareness. It's aware. You're aware of that coming in. But you still continue to say the refuge. If you say that refuge enough, you know you can have fantastic daydreams right at the same time you're saying refuge. You just daydream, daydream. And again, it's not about correcting that. It's about being aware of it. Didn't know you could do that. It's not multitasking. It might be multi-sewing. Shuka then asks, what about when wearing one? Put others before yourself without buying into manipulation. If you see really clearly the way you work with your own mind, your own confusion, you see it. You see it so deeply that you, be, you begin to see that there's no solid being there that's doing that. Then the karma that brought you into this life will still be, get, begin to rotate around and do this and do that and like this, dislike that. But there's no solid being there. That's what's so amazing about it. Is you, be, you begin by seeing there's no solid self, even though you continue to function in different ways that look like you're just as much hung up on your thoughts as everybody else. People project on you what they can't see in themselves. Same thing with a robe, only the robe is just, uh, you've got yourself uh, 
deeper in the trench of Dharma. Um, Kiyun asks, does meditations... No. You mean the people all getting together to have an Earth Day meditation? Well, it probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> and of course, I don't mean to mock anyone at all or for it to show up that way. People should do what they what they need to do. Some people, that's the only the only way people know how to work with meditation or awareness practice or anything is to is to have some kind of a goal. There'll be a few of those people doing that. Just like there's a people teaching all kinds of things, assuming that meditation is about improvement or getting better or being more peaceful. It may be more peaceful, but if you do it as the intention, then you're then you're buying into the the uh, materialism, manipulation of the mind into something better. Katie asks, what if I am the one being an ass? All, all the better. Finally, you're admitting it. <laughs> so, and don't, don't correct that too fast. Be aware of it, but, be, but watch going into some kind of apology about it. Now, I'm, saying, I'm not saying that if you offend someone by saying something that was off color or just kind of came tumbling out, that you couldn't say, oops, I'm sorry. I should know better than to say that to you. And that's the end of it. Apologize once. If you apologize twice, that's more about wanting forgiveness. Apologizing once means it's not merchandising. You don't need to get paid back. You said something, you'd say, let me have that back, please. Sorry sorry that that came tumbling out. Apologize for that. Apologize once. Apologize twice, and it's more about, so aren't you going to forgive me? I'm really, really sorry. I've said over and over how sorry I am. I'm really sorry. Fisho has another question. He asks, what does leading with awareness dependently co-arise with? Um, so codependent idea or co-emergent uh, would be uh, um, the, 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 the awareness part is, is wisdom. Uh, and, uh, and anything could arise with it. Confusion can rise with it. It co-emerges. So it, the wisdom comes out, the 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 uh, confusion or the delusion come out, not separate. If you if you if you live in picking and choosing, I don't care how brilliant you are, not just you, but I don't care how high an IQ or how many uh, how many uh, Jordan Petersons you've got plugged into your iPad. Nothing against Jordan Peterson, brilliant, brilliant man. But I'm just saying that that way of working with it is about having a really tight tight uh, uh, control of uh, uh, all of the rubber bands we call intellect. Very, very tight. So you can actually, anytime you want, you can squeeze out a response that anyone else has trouble coming back with if they're operating on your particular um, uh, rugby field. It's not a game. So co-emergent. Co-emergent is uh, confusion and wisdom arise together. Can't Can't be any other way. Wisdom doesn't arise and conquer confusion. Confusion is wisdom. If you don't see that, then then you'll you'll have internal warfare. Not just you, you show. Perhaps that will never show up for you in in the way that I'm describing. But, but for some people, they're highly highly at war with themselves. They don't want to be confused, and so they fight with it. <laughs> and they'll blame others. And they'll med- uh, not only med- meditate to get rid of it. They'll medicate to get rid of it in lots of different ways. That's why the awareness practice is so powerful. Whether you're wearing a Raksu, a robe, or a, a particular, consider yourself a student of Buddhism. If you're listening to me and I say, train your mind, uh, you might need a bunch of other things to help you do that. Like the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. It would be helpful, yes. Kozan uh, has paraphrased her question with two questions. I don't want it now. Never mind. Yeah, go ahead. What is it that is aware? That's the first part. And then what is awareness? Awareness, well, we have to use concepts. So the only thing I can say is awareness is aware, but there's no individual there. The, uh, uh, in terms of the Bodhisattva vow, the awareness can congeal into a really intense individual if you need a, a whack on the head, and they can pick up the kotsu and go after you with it. And awareness can also congeal or condense or, or show up as uh, a very biased uh, opinion or personality or or. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen that happen over here, but there's no solid being there. Now, sometimes uh, uh, one of the ways that uh, Trungpa Rinpoche would talk about that with uh, with uh, 
using anger. He said it's uh, it's anger without hatred. It's 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 just uh, the 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 Indian sage of the past century, uh, 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 Nisargadatta Maharaj, when he his book uh, I Am That. He's quite a sweetheart in that book, but if you read the later runs when he was getting ready to die, when people he became famous and people started to come there and come into his little beady shack and go upstairs and watch him smoke beaties, and uh, and then they would come in there with their jargon or whatever, and he would he'd fly off the handle, at them, but he wasn't mad at them. Wendy has a question. Yes, she asks, "How can I tell the difference between the natural cessation?" or change of an emotion, and a ignorance or pushing away of an emotion. Okay, so um, so here's, I'll use a metaphor here. I'll use a, an image. What you're asking me is, is your, it's your awareness. But what you're asking me is, how will I know the difference between right and left when I get to the crossroads? It's like that. It'll be that clear to you. But until that time, don't look for a crossroads. Don't look for either one of those because when you do that, you 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 take your, the, you, you you stop moving on the road on the path. Uh, just receive what's happening. If nothing's happening, then just receive that. If no polarity is showing up, just receive that. Just be there. Be alone. Be uh, be lonely if that shows up. Ha- have a have a an understanding that doesn't grasp or reject. Not looking for anything. Not ignoring anything. Not grasping. Not rejecting. And at some juncture, more than likely, those are things you're asking about. Just because you're bringing them up, those are going to show up, and you will know. You will know. But you won't know if you're always searching for right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, before you get to it, because you want to know conceptually. This is one of the Band-Aids or the, one of the, uh, the, one of the uh, um, uh, shields, one of the protectors of uh, the ego mind that it wants to know what's going to happen before it happens. Wants to know what to do when I get to the crossroad. How will I know right from left? How will I know this way from that way? I'm saying if you're training your mind and there's a willingness to watch whatever rises, watch whatever rises, observe whatever occurs, observe whatever goes to the left, whatever goes to the right, just observe. And when it's time where you, as a a parent person, a woman here, you'll know. And you you could call that intuition. I don't use that word but you could use that word. The word I would use is choiceless. There's no choice. If you, came to a, if you come to a fork in the road, uh, you, 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 find, you just see that you go this way instead of that way. But you don't stop at the fork and think, eh, what should I do? I can't make a mistake here. What if I go, oh, I can't do that because there's no reverse. So that would say, sit more before you get to the fork. Actually, there isn't any fork. There aren't any forks. Just a lot of bends and twists and turns. If you see a fork, um, you're wrong. Nicole has another question. Nicole. You've told me before, when I get overwhelmed and emotional on the cushion, to say, thank you very much. I have no complaints. What is that doing? So it's just a way of working with the negativity instead of just trying to wrestle with it or struggle with it or tamp it down or or explain or figure out why it's even happening or uh, instead you just just whatever the negativity is thank you very much I have no complaints whatsoever it's treating it like a teaching it's like the the teaching uh, image or situation comes up and in order in order to really connect with that uh, attitude which is uh, you need to be inspired to be to be able to even do that there are people I might say that to or that wouldn't have no interest in that. Well, that's ridiculous. Why would I do that? Uh, I do have complaints and I want satisfaction out of this. Whereas a practitioner may be giving things more of the benefit of the doubt. So you say, thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. At the same time, you, you do have a complaint, but you, you're cha- uh, it's a, a, a Natisha's a seven points of mind training. One of them that would fit that is change your attitude and relax as it is. So change your attitude. Just walk right in your attitude, walk right in and change it, and then relax. It's almost like you were saying, uh, and this may work some time to actually produce some kind of relative and temporary result, but just don't get angry. The ninth uh, precept in uh, 
grave precept is, I, I believe I have the right, is don't get angry. That doesn't mean, you know, that it's a rule. You never can get angry. It's it's about observing, as my teacher, uh, Kobajin Roshi, told me so many years ago. You don't take precepts. You just observe them. Juzan has another question. Yes. Is relating to other without merchandising awakening? Well, it's it's not awakening, but it's a path. has a path quality to it. So you're they're still on the path. Um, you know, uh, pretty soon there's something and I mentioned occasionally, but I don't teach. It's called the Ten Bumis. And, of course, uh, I think you're going to be studying or you're starting to study uh, the myth of freedom. And uh, Trunk Rinpoche has a very interesting way of talking about the boomies. He's quite creative. I don't think he has a chapter on each one. He kind of flips back and forth between them. But that, that might give you some idea around that, how that could slowly have a, have a path quality to it. It's kind of, there's kind of a development that can't be particularly structured uh, as a, like a, a series of term papers or something, or a, a SAT scores or something like that. But it's some kind of understanding where the understanding, because, you, because you've been willing to go deep into that uh, material called the mind, your mind, without grasping, rejecting, or shutting down, we begin to see that open dimension. Uh, is the beginning of wisdom, prajna. Prajna starts to happen immediately. The first boomy is, uh, is seeing there's no solid being. That's a pretty astonishing thing to see. There's still a lot of work to be done. Um, Junchu has another question. Yes. On the Open Heart Project today, you gave an example of a gang member joining a gang to get some semblance of inclusion or affection they've never had before. How can we see something we've never experienced before? So the assumption is that is that experience is just this body, mind here, but it's a it's much more uh, deep and spread out than just our own personal experience. So it's just like uh, you don't have to teach uh, like with Rumi. Don't have to teach him up. You can see he already knows a whole lot of things. He just can't express it in words yet. But he's already functioning as a getting his identity from how things he wants that he can't get, things that he wants that he can get, and his uh, he's and you take care of him enough. You could probably see that, see the very uh, the under, a deep understanding of the very question you're asking by just watching him and see how he functions to get what he wants and how he. Tries to manipulate uh, his mom and dad, and don't you? Further questions? Okay, I didn't really say as much as I could have said about that. To personalize it, some maybe. Don has a question. Just Don. Just as we are able to hear when we are asleep, can we also receive without awareness? I think the natural state is to receive. So, just receiving. You go to go to sleep. You just receive your dreams. There might be some characterization or character that shows up as you in the dream that might be resisting uh, a dream resistor in a dream world. Lots of things can show up in that area that are, are very uh, fascinating and uh, curious about how dreams work. Karen from New Zealand. Tupton? Tupton. Tupton. Is there more you can say about saying you are needed elsewhere after you've been with the situation for a while? For example, it would seem difficult if you were in lockdown with your family and there's a disagreement going on or going down, they want you to be part of, to say you are needed elsewhere when there isn't really anywhere else to go and nothing that is time-related that needs you, such as a work call, feels inauthentic. Well, I think, you know, uh, Tupton, I think you just need to be creative. Uh, I've met you. There's no lacking in intelligence in you. I think you just need to be creative and and look at the boundary, look at the space, look at the number of people, or look at what people are doing. Try to understand what it is they're look, really looking forward for when they're trying to get your agreement and see if you can help them in that way rather than give them that substitute that they want to come up with. Uh, give them the attention. Uh, sometimes people just want the attention so you can show them uh, some respect. You're not showing respect for the content, but you're showing respect for their Buddha nature, their fundamental nature that you can see. You see your own, you can see others. And if you do, if the, if the, the uh, 
selection to be join in with your with the crew there and you know what do you think about the person we're going to kill today you know those kinds of things uh what do you think about these things that we think are true that are actually lies things like that um you could find a way to get get a break from that go for a walk uh as i sometimes say i don't often say it on youtube but i'm saying precepts should be observed not obeyed so there are times when the best thing you can do to really help someone in the situation is to uh be creative in other words lie just uh, if you're if you're lying to help someone if you're saying something that is untrue to fundamentally help that situation it probably isn't going to happen often but there are times when you really need to say um i you know i've got a letter i've got to write or i've got some emails i have to take care of and even though if you went in the other room probably wouldn't be doing emails but a little bit of that and that that allows you it gives you a little bit of room there so it's very situational if you're if your intention is around being helpful your intention is around not contributing to the explosive matter that uh, 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 explosive material that people are shredding and burning in front of you and want you to join in because you're part of the family it's not going to help to go to war with that i'm sure you already know i sense that by your question but you could bow out you can find a way and you could actually find a way without bowing just stand up use your body language uh stand up look around at everybody and say i got to get moving and then just turn around and leave and then go to your room if you have one if you don't get one <laughs> get a room you must have a meditation space if you have any kind of a place where you where it's isolated where you can get away from the entire situation you're calling your family or your household so again you know as i said i'm not saying you should lie every time but sometimes you might have to be a little bit in that direction because the people are not ready you have to meet people where they're at and if they're not ready for the actual truth and you know and they're not ready for that because the truth would be uh, you know uh, uh um telling them i think you guys are all nuts and i don't want to be in this room with you you want to be truthful i mean that but that kind of truthfulness isn't going to be helpful to somebody it might be just better to say i got to get going i got something else i have to do uh, which if they bug you about it say it's get away from you guys <laughs> so i mean you have to be creative with it and keep a sense of humor and i think if your sense of humor is up there which i've met you i know you have one and uh yeah you just look at it. and every situation will be different be very wary of coming up with a protocol for how you're always going to do that because that will show up as a, to them to that person that situation as some kind of deception or or disrespect and then and you don't you're not going to be able to help people if they if they feel like you're deceiving them or tricking them joseph has a question what are the misunderstandings of hope and fear as they manifest in the environmental movement well we're <laughs> we hope for something better and uh and then we stop looking at it as soon as you buy into hope which is easy to do the green new deal or green just the color green it's it, there's it's that's fishy stuff i thought it was fishy when trump rampage talked about green energy uh, in terms of donating to the sangha or something he used i think it's in uh, the heart of the buddha he talks about green energy and uh, also kind of validates drinking alcohol too which is a little creepy even when i read it i thought what's up with this rampage but i never got a chance to ask him that so um it's about being being aware of that we're not saying we shouldn't try to do something about the planet but if you if you investigate this uh, like this documentary i was just mentioning it not only that but all kinds of people trying to like these huge huge propellers or the the catch the wind are incredibly expensive and burn a lot of coal to build a bill those things. Kozan has a, another question. Certainly. These six senses seem intensely personal. How can we relax in the seemingly hard-wired grip of self-reference? Yeah, uh practice. And the, that you're able to ask that question tells me that maybe you're thinking it's just about other people, but I think you're thinking it, you're seeing that it's also about yourself. It's about just just observing that do not do surgery no no correcting this is the misunderstanding that this is what gets sold meditate this way and you'll get this want to be peaceful do this want to attain enlightenment follow this path pay me this much money whatever just observe 
and observe the very thing you described is how, when you said how, we do it, just do more of what you just did in order to come up with that question. Because what you're doing is you're looking at something that is extremely complicated, very sensitive in areas and has a kind of structure to it that is, I, I have to invent this word because I don't know what else to use. There probably is one that I just can't recall, but unfigureoutable. You can't, you can't find, you can't find the loose end where you can unthread that because it is, it's been that way since the beginning of time. Human beings, starting with uh, uh, Australopithecus or whomever, up, up through baboons and all kinds of human-like beings. Just train the mind. Hold, sit, sit down. Hold, hold everything still that you can, and watch that elaboration keep tying itself up and tying itself up. And and if you if you're if you're trying to figure it out, you're covering it up. If you're trying to blame something or find the fundamental cause for it, not a good idea. Circular, because you'll find just enough to suck you into another route down another rabbit hole, as they say in uh, Alice in Wonderland. You keep going down rabbit holes. So just stay on the surface. Look at the surface. The depth you're looking for is right in the surface. It's called a mirror. Sokaran has a question. Sokaran. Can one be a bodhisattva and not have compassion for the suffering of beings? Absolutely. That's how you that's how you become a bodhisattva. Because the the other kind of bodhisattva, the kind that is that thinks it cares about all beings and wants to look like a bodhisattva, this is just a highly polished form of narcissism to fundamentally help others may not even show up and to be able to do that for others needs to be done with each person your way of doing this needs to be yours with the help of the buddha the dharma and the sangha you're sewing a robe uh, was that so good yeah so good you're sewing a robe i think it's all sewn and it's just a matter of being ordained as a monk and i've never sensed any any uh Nothing you haven't had it, but I've never sensed any doubt about doing that from you from the time you asked me about it. When I sense doubt, we stop right there. Can't do I'm not gonna have anybody sewing a robe if they have doubts. But your question is totally valid. It just tells me you're looking exactly what you need to look at. Don't stop. Jiuzan asks, is there anything we have to do? Mm, die. Yep, we gotta die. Probably. So it's we're born and we live and we die. Born, we have to eat if we want to keep going. These are silly things that you already know. But as a as a practitioner, uh, train your mind. If you're a student of mine, why would you be a student of mine? If you if you wanted to ignore what I was saying, it's like we're talking to a nutritionist right now. Why would I why would I a- ask her to help me and then ignore what she says? No, we're doing it. What she says, and she's got me jumping out of a par- plane with a parachute twice a week. I don't question her. <laughs> she would get quite a kick out of that. So I, I guess I'm just saying, don't want it. You don't need a teacher unless you're, unless you're really are ready to be a student. And you're you're a student. I don't have any people who are wearing robes that aren't students. Susan asks: Is music played very low during meditation ever more than distraction? I'm not saying it couldn't be, but it's it's more like a underlying uh, feather pillow so it's kind of a it's kind of allows you to stay there longer because it, it soothes your mind i'm not saying you shouldn't do that maybe maybe you need you personally need to uh, do that somewhat maybe the, the the causes and conditions that are rising in your mind stream are, are pretty rough around the edges so sometimes just facing that uh blast from the past uh, with a, like an open door and a lot of wind is difficult sometimes you need to uh, put some cur- put the curtains on, or put on a, a Eskimo suit. Sometimes you need to have a little bit of a buffer. So I, I would say as soon as you can, uh, or even in at the end of that session, try to have some time when you're doing where little as possible blank wall, preferably white or gray or you know, something without much entertainment going on or distractions. Sit down, hold still as still as you can without being rigid. That doesn't mean maintain stillness. It just sit down, hold still, and then if you your back itches, scratch your back or keep a back scratcher around. That's what this is. And take care of yourself. Pay attention to your body. Uh, you don't have to indulge in it completely, but remember that the idea is to sit very still so you can watch the movement of the mind. 
So if you find yourself feeling a little antsy, then try to bring it, bring a form in there that is respectful of that. So you might say, I'm going to, I'll sit for um, somewhere, you don't have to count the breath, but for 15 or 20 breaths or 100 breaths or somewhere in that area with a lot of breathing, not necessarily counting. Or maybe you have a clock that's sitting uh, not in front of you, but off to one side that you can look at. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to continue to sit here for five more minutes before I move. Then you sit there. And then when that five minutes you look over, you might continue to keep going. But the form, if you're looking at the form, then as soon as that five minutes is up, adjust, sit back, stretch, take a deep breath, kick out the jams, bring, come back to that position again and start over. Beginner's mind, start, start over and start over. And 15 minutes later, and then start over, start over. This is called training. You're training your mind. Uh, and it's not a brutal thing like uh, I was subjected to in the Marine Corps or in certain Zen centers where I've been where everybody has to sit like a samurai or something. This is ridiculous. Not helpful. If somebody wants to do that, then they should go to a monastery where they teach that way. So I'm not going to stop someone and say that's wrong. Maybe you need that kind of macho stuff, but I don't teach it. And as I said, I don't discourage it necessarily, but I think you need it. Sit down, get to know yourself. Your your body, my body, anybody's body is going to be different. Mine is extremely painful when I, especially when I was young, when I sat still, it just hurt. I didn't have any people say, oh, my mind is driving me crazy. I thought, I wish my mind would drive me crazy because I'm just in pain. Well, eventually I got my wish. <laughs> eventually my, my mind, when some of the pain backed off, then my mind said, oh, I hear I'm being called on stage. It looks like we have exhausted the questions. Well, it's about time. Shall we dedicate the marriage? I've exhausted my answers, too. Yes, we can do that. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Jeevo san chi ishi ku Shi son bu samu ko sa Mo ko bo cha ho the ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. Goodbye, my friends. You all have a pleasant evening and look forward to seeing you again soon. <laughs>